Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning. My name is Arman. You have met our pastor. He was on the video. I thought he was going to preach already. I said, oh, I'm free. But no. Well, anyway, welcome to Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. And as you have seen, Pastor Mark, he is in Singapore. Uh, speaking of Singapore, let me just tell you a, a story of Singapore. If you get a chance to go Singapore, do it. But we went to Singapore a few years back. They say that Singapore is the finest city in the world. Because they are. They have fines for everything. <laughs> we, were <laughs> we, were <laughs> we were heading back to the airport where we finished our, a couple of days tour. And I had a water bottle with me because it was a little humid that time of year. So I had my water bo bottle with me. Water bottle on the train tracks waiting for a train. And somebody approached us and said, do you know you're not supposed to bring water bottle on the track? So, of course, uh, I would have said, duh, I'm not from here. Of course, I don't know. But sure enough, he said, he pointed to a sign that says $500 fine for bringing a water bottle on the track. Water bottle. But then, of course, he looked at us and saw us like, oh, tourists. Okay, put that away and go. <laughs> but that's Singapore, one of the finest cities in the world. It is really clean. Great place. If you get a chance, do so. Amen? Okay, that was just a plug-in for Singapore. I'm not getting paid for that. But anyway, welcome to Life in the Sun. As you have seen, we are, if you've been following us and you've been, uh, did I just introduce myself? I did, right? My name is Armin. I always forget to introduce myself. So, yes, Armin. So we are now on week 13 of this series, Redefine. And if you've been following with us, it all started with uh, chapter 5 of Matthew. We are now on chapter 7, and we still got a couple more weeks to go. So today, the subject that we're going to be touching on is about judging others. And we will find this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 6. You guys ready? Let's just go ahead and read it. Wow, that's bright. Chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to 6. And I am reading out of the New King James Version. Judge not that you be not judged. For what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your eye. Next verse. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Verse 6 says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and, turn and throw you in pieces. If, you, if we can just pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you that these are the exact words of Jesus that this came out from his very own, but yet he did say that I do not speak unless I hear you speak, and I do not do unless I see you do it. So, Father, may you just impart wisdom to us. May you just impart, Father, just uh, what it is that we need to hear regarding your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, do not judge. What is judgment? Judgment can be as simple as if two things are in front of you, say, for example, a color. One is red, one is green. Judgment can be as simple as, I want red. That's a judgment. Because you have decided that you prepare the red over the green. 
That's judgment. But it can also go as deep as, should we stand? Should we kneel when the national anthem is being played? That's going on right now. You got to make... Now, when it comes to that, another meaning for judgment is determining the correctness of a matter. So that could be judgment. And then, as Christian believers, are, we can come face to face with, with, is this wrong or is this right? Is right and wrong now just relative to the person who wants to say, this is wrong, therefore it's wrong for me. This is right, therefore it's right for me. Or as Christians, do we have to stand up and say, that is biblically wrong, therefore it is wrong. If it's biblically right, then therefore it's right. That's judgment. So did uh, go ahead and uh, go next slide, please. So this is the breakdown that we're going to do today. The passage that we just read, it actually involves three subjects. The first one is judgment. The second one is correction. And the third one is discernment. Let's just go ahead and look at judgment. So going back to verse 2, chapter 7, 1 and 2, it says, Judge not that you be not judged. For what judgment you judge, you will not be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will, not, it will be measured back to you. So is the Lord Jesus saying that we should not judge, period? Is that what's being said here? Is he giving us a command where it says, do not judge, period? See, the commands of God, when you go back to the laws, it says, do not murder, period. Do not steal, period. Do not kill, murder, or kill, same, right? But here, that's not, the, that's not how it says it. It says, judge not that you be not judged. So are you telling me then that if I see somebody doing what is biblically wrong according to what my Bible says, I should not judge? Is that what this verse is saying? Well, no. What it is saying, however, is this. This is coming from Luke chapter 6, verse 38. This is really a counterpart of Matthew chapter 7. Let me just read it. It says, give and it will be, and it will be given to you. Good measure... Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it would be measured back to you. Now, just in case you're wondering, isn't this a, a verse we use for giving? I'll get back to that later on. But if you notice, the last uh, sentence or the last statement says, For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is verse uh, 38. In verse 37, what it says is, judge and you will be judged. Condemn and you will be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And then it jumps to 38 where it says, if you give judgment, then it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's what it's saying. That if you feel like you need to stand up and make a determining correction over a matter, then just be cautious and be aware that with the same measure and with the same passion that you're going to say, you know what? It is wrong that you're kneeling down for the national anthem. Be ready that with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's what it's really saying. Because remember, we are called to be the light and the salt of this earth. If we do not make judgment call and say, you know what, that is darkness, then what are we then? 
if we say, you know what, that's, that's not true. Biblically, that is not true. And nowadays, I think we need to include those words. That is not biblically correct. That is biblically wrong because right and wrong, it seems to be just uh, depending on how people wants to believe what is right and wrong. They will stand up and say, that is right, that is wrong because I believe so, therefore it's right and wrong. So nowadays, I believe as, uh, in these latter days, the Christian churches would really be get, will, will get some hittings because we're standing against the flow. We're going against mainstream media where they said, you guys always go against what is popular. So we, we got to, or we, I mean, we as believers really have to know where do we stand biblically. We got to know what we believe to be biblically correct, biblically true, biblically right, what is biblically evil, and what is biblically good. I've used how many biblically there? <laughs> but, but it is true. So this, uh, what Jesus was really saying is, he is giving us really a warning and a wisdom. He's giving us a word of wisdom that when you stand up and when you give a judgment call over the matters in your own environment, remember with the same measure, with the same passion that you're going at it, people will also come back to you with the same measure and the same passion. Amen? So just in case you're wondering, why is this being used for... Uh, for uh, uh, judgment. This is not part of judgment, but let me just clear up the space. There's nowhere in this verse that talks about giving money, okay? So this is not really about giving money, but if you feel like this is a verse for you when it comes to giving money, like, let me give you the downside. If you use this, you're shortchanging yourself. Why? Because it says with the measure that you use, it will me be measured back to you. So if you say that, oh, I give and God measures my giving, therefore I will get back according to my giving. Well, God says that he's able to, uh, what is it? He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or think. God is so much bigger than what he can, than you can give and he can give back. So that's why this is not really appropriate for giving. You can, but I would, uh, not for me. Because <laughs> you'll just get a penny for penny on return. God is so much bigger than that. Amen. So this is really about judgment. This is really about when you give judgment, when you give condemnation, remember with the same measure that you use, with the same standard that you use, it will be measured back to you. And this is so true today. All of you keyboard warriors, it's funny when I first heard that, it's like, wow, that's a word now, keyboard warriors. All of you who are engaged in the internet, engaged in social media when you're so when you openly give out your comments, remember, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Be careful is really the warning because people out there are passionate about what they believe in. So you better gear up. You also need to be able to stand. And, and I mean, discourse like that can last days and days and days. I don't know if you probably have all that time in the Internet. I don't. So I usually just look at the comments like, oh my goodness, really? Okay, swipe on, swipe on. <laughs> okay, okay. I know some of you here would actually do that. And, and that's good. I say that's good, but be wise. And that really is the wisdom here that Jesus was saying. With the measure that you use when you make a judgment call, when you determine that something is, a, is, is the correctness of a certain matter, make sure that you're ready for the comeback. 
make sure that what measure that you use, it will be measured back to you towards other people. Amen? So be wise. So if you don't feel like you can engage in a long discourse of, of comments after comments of uh, flipping through pages, then the, then the word of wisdom for you is do not even begin. Amen? We're living in a 21st century that you're not really just talking to the person next to you. You're talking to another person around, uh, across the world. And their time is not the same with our time. You can be sleepy here, but they're so awake on the other side. Okay? Amen? So that's what, it, that's what I believe what Jesus was really saying. He was giving us a caution. He was giving us an, an, a wisdom of instruction that don't engage unless you're really ready to be measured up in the way that you have measured them. Amen? Amen. Second part of this subject that uh, uh, we're going to talk about. And by the way, all these three subjects are really connected to each other. They're really connected to each other. Judgment, some judgment can lead us to give correction. Some judgment, uh, like what you said, if you don't feel like doing it, step back. Just say no comment. Swipe the page, no comment. Okay? Or how the military would say, would say it, I neither confirm nor deny. Right? That's how you end your conversation. I neither confirm nor deny. Which really means, well, what does that really mean anyway? Okay, we'll not ask the guy who's uh, classified here. <laughs> okay. So next part of this, um, of this passage, uh, go ahead. It's the area of correction. Go ahead and show the verse, chapter, uh, verse 3 to 5. So correction. So Jesus went on to say, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Uh, I like to watch this show called Big Bang Theory. Uh, by saying that, I just want to clarify, I don't believe on the Big Bang Theory, okay? I just like watching it because it, it's, uh, it's just funny. For some reason, I find it funny. And the characters in the Big Bang Theory are four, actually four professors, I believe, in Caltech, if I'm not mistaken. Three doctors, three doctorates, and one engineer. One of the main guys that, uh, that really the show revolves around, his name is... Sheldon Cooper. How many of you watch this show? Okay, you, you, so you know what I'm talking about. But Sheldon Cooper is this genius, intelligent genius. But in him being genius, he also has some social uh, challenges. He doesn't really know when people are insulting him. He doesn't know if people are good or have good or bad intentions about him. He doesn't know if they're being sarcastic about him. But one thing that Sheldon Cooper likes to do is he likes to make correction. Being a genius, he's so good at it. Everything about, the, uh, about him, any comments, anything, uh, like for example, one person would ask a subject matter and he will just go about and say exactly what that subject matter when really they're not really asking about it. So that's Sheldon Cooper. But one thing about him when he corrects is, what you would notice is he's correcting everybody else so that his world would be better. That's what he, what he likes to do. He has his own special chair. Nobody can sit on his chair. And that's what he does. He will correct everybody 
so that the world can revolve around him. That's what he likes to do. But here, <laughs> that shouldn't be our intention. That's really what this, uh, this uh, passage is saying. It says, why do you look at your brother, uh, speck in your brother's eyes, but not consider the plank in your own eye? What is that saying? It's saying, why do you look at the mistakes or the correction that's needed on your own brother, but yet you have no intention of correcting your own self? Because that's Sheldon Cooper. He has no intention of changing, but yet he wants to change everybody else so that his world could be a better place. I'm sorry, church, but that's not really the way that God calls us to do it. As much as I want to feel like Sheldon Cooper, I can correct everybody so that my world would be so much better. It says here that why do you correct somebody else's and say, hey, there's something wrong with you, but yet you yourself have no intention of changing yourself. Amen? Let's talk about marriage. Okay, this, this one just came in. This is not part of my notes. The popular belief with marriage is that you should give 50-50. 50% the wife should give, 50% the husband should give. The problem with that is who keeps track? Who keeps track? I, as a husband, would I really tell my wife, honey, I cooked yesterday. It's your turn to cook now. She'll probably say, yeah, but I cleaned the other day. So you didn't clean, so that makes us equal. Seriously, who keeps track? But that's why the biblical standard for marriage is you give 100% so that the other partner would give 100%. That way, nobody will keep track. It's easy, right? Honey, I cleaned the floor. The end of conversation. I'm not asking back in return, but I know because you're going to give 100% more. You're going to do something more. No. <laughs> but really, who keeps track? And, the, and when we correct, it shouldn't be because we're trying to keep track. Okay? I don't know why that came in. But anyway, and look at it. It says, you have a plank and your brother only has a speck. You have really have a bigger problem than your own brother, but yet here you are trying to correct your own brother. So this is the wisdom that God gave us. This is coming from Jesus himself, that when you do correct or when you engage in correction, when it, of course it begins in judgment. Oh, brother, that, hair don't look, that hairstyle don't look like you, AJ. You know what? You probably should change that. See? But if, uh, if somebody who really has no hair, no, no offense, okay? No offense, brother. But if somebody... If somebody who has really no hair come to a person with a full set of hair and say, you know, brother, your hair don't look good on you. I mean, bro, what, what's wrong with your plank in your eye? Go take it out before you, th you correct me. It sounds funny, but really, in seriousness, this is what the word is talking about. So remember, we began by saying judgment can be as easy as red or green. Then it can go as deep as the anthem, then it can go as deep as race, ethnic, education, background, all of that. Then uh, ultimately it becomes what is your standard of belief when it comes to right and wrong? It could be that sh surface or it could really go down deep. So a hair, then it can become more and more. It will be, it, and that's what it is. Where am I? Verse 4. So how can you say to your brother, uh, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. It says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And when you do that, you would realize that when we bring correction, 
we should do it in the spirit of love. Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. We should speak the truth. Proverbs tell us this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. If we need to correct, please correct us. <laughs> I, have a, I have a guy here that actually, uh, that, uh, what do you call this? How do, how do I say this? Uh, gives a constructive uh, criticism on how I, I, I am on the stage. How I move my hand. You probably know this, it's always in the front, but I used to do this a lot. And I used to do this a lot. And how many ums and ah and mm and uh, uh do I say when I speak as I communicate? He does that for me. But you know what? I improved. Uh, I don't know if I want to tell on myself. <laughs> but anyway, but I have, uh, there's a brother in church that does that for me. And I have improved because I, I, I allowed him to really bring correction into my, uh, to correct me. And it did. It improved me. Uh, except for the water, I still thirst a lot. So, but uh, I, I really do. He, been, he himself, bro, you've improved a lot. You've improved a lot in your communication skill. You know, we don't really appreciate correction. I think I can uh, say that for most of us. Most of us, okay? Probably you're an athlete that you really strive to be corrected so that you can improve. But most of us, we never like correction. Isn't it? We don't. So that's why we will appreciate if somebody sees something wrong with us, but yet they approached us with love and Yes, it might wound us, but if they really are a friend, it, was, it would allow us to improve. And that should be also be one of the reasons why we're trying to bring correction to another person. It's not that, oh, so that my world would be so much better if you're not doing that. But really because we ourselves have experienced something and we also want them to experience us. So there are certain actions that just ruins us. And if we can correct those simple actions, it's so much better. <clears throat> and, and that should also be, uh, let that be one of the factors why we want to bring correction to people. I think only David, probably Paul in the Bible, appreciated co uh, correction. But probably most of us, we're probably still in the process of trying to appreciate it. Amen? So that's correction. And then the last uh, thing that Jesus was talking about, go ahead, uh, is discernment. The last verse of, Matthew, uh, of this passage at least. It says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Discernment. What is discernment? Discernment, if you look at your Bible, discernment will simply say it's that ability to make uh, right judgment. But... Uh, but, but how do you do that? How do you really do that? How do, an ability to make right judgment. But for the Christian, we have something much more than just trying to, to have a hit and miss on how to make right judgment. It's called the Holy Spirit. Or he's called the Holy Spirit. It's not it, but he is the Holy Spirit. And that's what he is. He brings the truth to us. <clears throat> he is the spirit of truth. He, is the same for, he has the same ability, capacity, Godhead as Jesus is. And he was the one that was promised by us, but Jesus, that when he said, I will leave, but I will send you another helper just like me, who is the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who attended that unashamed conference, you, you said it yourself, you guys felt just the power of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean it's a one-time event, okay? You have now the Holy Spirit with you to guide you every single day, every hour. You can call upon that. It's, he's not a genie, of course, but from within you, that discernment can flow. 
all right? Anyway, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. Why dogs and why pigs? <laughs> why dogs and why pigs? Why would Jesus use the analogy of uh, these two animals, a dog and a pig? If you have a dog, you've probably seen your dog vomit up and then <laughs> eat up its own vomit, correct? Or if you've seen a, a pig, you can dress up a pig, they say, dress it up, clean it up, put gold earrings on your pig. But the moment that pig sees a mud and water, what do you think that pig would do? Go back into the mud, go back into the mire. And I believe that's why the, this uh, two analogies of animal was used by Jesus because it's also used in the book of Proverbs and in the book of Peter. And it, that's exactly it. It is really giving a description of unrighteous and corrupt people. That's what it's uh, being described at. And the, the wisdom that Jesus was saying or telling us is that do not give what is holy. Do not give what is the things of God or it says nor cash your pearls. What are pearls? Things that are valuable. Do not give what that are things that are valuable to corrupt an unrighteous man. That's what Jesus was saying. Like what are those things? This one, you pro uh, this one came to me, uh, it's like out of surprise. Your time. Do not cast your time, do not give away your time so easily. What do you mean? I get up about uh, 3.30 in the afternoon, I get home, uh, and I'm tired. So what do I do? I turn on Facebook. I turn on YouTube. Before I know it, it's 7 o'clock. I didn't even see the time pass by. It's like, whoa. I just keep uh, uh, going through videos after videos after videos. It's like, Wow. I just lost how many hours of the day being, I guess I want to say non-productive. I just lost it. And that's what the, this uh, wisdom is telling us. Do not cast anything that's valuable, anything that's of God, to things that are unrighteous and to things that are uncorrupt. Your relationship. Okay? Your relationship. Don't give away your relationship to unjust and corrupt men. Uh, I think, uh, hopefully we know what that means. Okay? What else? That's all I can think of right now. But do not give it away. Uh, look, look now, it's October 1. I, uh, it, it seems like uh, January 1 just started and we have uh, 10 months have passed. And I still look back, it's like, gosh, what did... What was, my, what was my goal in the beginning of the year? How many of that goals have I even touched on? It's like, oh my goodness. It's like, oh my goodness. It's, uh, time goes by. And once you've lost your time, you can't really redeem your time anymore. You can't redeem your time. The quality of life God can bring back and restore. But the time that you have lost, it's lost forever. That's why they call, it's, it's already in the past. So Jesus is telling us, do not give what is precious. Do not give what is valuable. Things that are valuable to you, to things that are corrupted, and to things that are unrighteous. Movies that we watch. Your mind is, uh, I mean, if you, your, your, God, your godly and biblical mind, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. If we continue to live in the, if we continue to pray and read the Bible, our mind can be transformed like the mind of Christ. So when you give that away to the movies that you watch, okay, to, 
just that that alone has so much violence i mean uh the movies per, per, perhaps i just said big bang theory right i did make my case that i'm that i don't believe in that but uh just to make a point across but uh okay you can judge me now armin doesn't have good movie choices it's okay i'll receive it i'll receive the correction but just be just be wise on where you put your your time what movies that you watch what YouTube channels do you spend on the passions that you have? <clears throat> Whether it's, um, I know a lot of people here likes to run, okay? Be watchful on where you put your time. How many hours a day do you put? You know, when we give uh, your money, where do you put your money? Remember, before I, I went up, uh, Ban prayed for a tithes and offering. If we are taking our money and we're turning 10% as a tithe and we're considering that we're considering that thing as holy what more do you think of our time the things that we engage ourselves into so the same manner in the same manner that we give uh, we give back to God that or we return the 10% of our time consider it in the same manner when it comes to your time what do you do for 24 hours a day I guess this is, uh, this is the word from the Lord because that's all I can get. It's the time. It just keeps coming back. Where do you put your time? How many hours do you spend on, uh, on uh, Facebook? <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe Facebook is a means that God would use so that when he comes back, everybody can see him. I've been saying this and somebody was saying, oh, Armin is a big believer of that. But I, but I really believe technology will help us usher in the return of Christ where everybody in the world will see him and nobody can deny that he came back. Amen? So just to close. So uh, go ahead and do the breakdown. So we have talked about judgment, correction, and discernment. For some reason, I feel, uh, I feel like uh, uh, discernment was talked about last. But if you really look at it, sometimes you really need to be discerning in order to make a good judgment. We really need to be discerning before we make a good correction. We really need to be discerning on who we associate with, what we engage our time in, the, peop uh, the things that we give, we, we give to. Not every giving, I believe, is really from the Lord. Okay, let me say that. There, in our prayers, uh, I pray with a group of people. There's been time in our prayers when we're lifting up people, and God would, would whisper to us and say, this is my doing, almost like don't touch it. So, okay, Lord, so we don't touch it in prayer. We lift up people, and God would say, nope, this is my doing. I'm allowing this to happen. Um, uh, what's going on? Because um, in, in, uh, in the case of the prodigal son, the son needed to be in the very bottom of the rock, or the rock bottom, in order for the son to realize his need of his father again. And I believe God is doing that sometimes to other people. So some, and, and those places, you really need discernment. So not every giving, you need to be discerning of what to give. And I'm not talking about tithes and offering. What I'm talking about is when somebody comes to you, you know, and uh, propositions you, Oh, this is a good deal. This is a good deal. Take your time. Discern it. I know money is not supposed to be taken as more valuable than God. But yet, 
It is. It's something that you work with. So it is, a, it is, it is valuable. And do not cast something that's valuable to something that's corrupt. To a scam, basically. Okay? Be discerning. Amen? That's it, church. That's all I got for you today. Amen? And I, thank you, Lord. Um, what do we do now? Get the music back. Can we get the music back? I'll just pray for you. And we'll just pray and dismiss. I have to go back to work. <laughs> anyway, Father, thank you for today. Are you guys blessed? Father, thank you for your word of wisdom. Father, thank you that uh, through Jesus. And, and Lord, I just pray, Father, as a church, that we would really uh, take our time to just engage ourselves in reading your word. Take our time to engage ourselves to knowing you much more that in this life and in this world, Father, we can stand up to what we believe to be right according to the Bible, O oh Lord. And Father, I just thank you that in, in, in the passage that you have shown us, that when that time comes to make a judgment call and stand up for what is right, we thank you, O oh God, that you said you will never leave us you will never forsake us. And Father, thank you for that. Thank you that we have your protection and that you have our back, Father. I'm sorry to interrupt. By the way, at the beginning of the service, <clears throat> Brother Elmore here asked for those who are going through some uh, uh, sickness and illnesses, and we, were at, we asked you to raise up your hand. This is what I want you guys to do. For those of you that raise up your hand, if you felt the touch of God, just like Im immediately, instantly, like the moment somebody prayed for you, you felt the release. Okay, who else? Keep them up, please. Church. Come on. <laughs> Father, thank you. Whoever, whoever you with, tell that. I mean, actually, you already raised up your hand. We already witnessed it. Father, thank you for this. Father, thank you that you are a real God. Thank you that you said that by your stripes, all our symptoms, our sicknesses, our disease were nailed to the cross. You took it upon yourself, Father. All the curse, Father, of health, all the curse that, that's preventing us from living a full and wholeness life, you have taken it, Father. In the body of Jesus. That Lord when Jesus was hanging on the cross. You have exhausted all your judgment upon our sin. Everything that our sins are father. You have taken it. Exhausted it. And now you can. That's why he shouted out. It is finished. So father thank you for this testimony. Thank you for those father. That you touched today. In Jesus name. In Jesus. Let's just celebrate one more time. And I'm ready to dismiss. Father, I just pray, Father, for your release. I thank you, O oh God, that you're a good God. And Lord, I re we released us, blessed us, blessed the times that we would uh, bless our Mondays to Sundays until the next week, and protect us as we go out. In Jesus' name, amen. We're dismissed, church.